Welcome to the Personal Player Development Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Sweeney, joined with my co-host, Dr. Mark Robinson. Uh, man, we're excited to uh, have our, our show again today, and we just want to let you know, guys, for those who are new listeners, check out those past episodes that we've done. Uh, we will also encourage you to like, share, subscribe, and leave us a review on um, our podcast, how we can get better. Um, if you like the show, just tell us about it. And without further ado, guys, we want to also let you know that our podcast is really having an expert discussion around personal player development. It's about the, the development of the athlete, and we're just bringing on expert people in their field who share the same passion that we have in regards to personal player development. A special guest on the line today named Scott Zervesky, and Scott is, is awesome. We, we talked a few weeks ago, and I'll be honest with you, you know, when I started this work a few years ago, or least some years ago, I didn't really see a lot of people that we're doing now, and they were, they were probably there, but nobody really connected. And so when I talked to Scott, Scott shared the same heartbeat as me and Dr. Robinson in regards to helping our uh, athletes get better and improve their lives. And so I just wanted to let you guys know about Scott a little bit, and for those who don't know about him. Scott, at the heart of Scott, is really leadership and entrepreneurship. I mean, he, he's been groomed in this since he was a kid. His parents were uh, educators and entrepreneurs. Uh, he found himself placed in leadership roles as, as, a, as a child, and as he got older, his passion for leadership grew. He also developed two resources. One is the Sports Leadership Guide, which is for athletic captains and aspiring leaders in the world of athletics. And he also developed a model of genuine influence, which I'm interested to hear about. Uh, this model is built to help those in leadership positions understand their level of influence and how to use it in a way that extends positivity and genuineness across all areas of life. Uh, just here in the last few years, Scott, I mean, and his background is, is phenomenal, but he's a co-founded and currently holds position on the board of directors of the Buffalo Soccer Council. It's a New York-based soccer organization focused on the development of soccer in the Buffalo region. He's also the founder of Zavetsky Studios, which is a martial arts company that produces self-defense DVDs for beginners, intermediate, and events practitioners. He's a director of campus relations for Athletes Equal Business, an organization dedicated to helping student-athletes achieve success after college. And he's also the president of Career Game Plan, an online education division of Athletes Equal Business for student-athletes and has become certified in emotional intelligence. Scott is, I'm telling you, he's awesome. But I don't want to spill the beans on a lot of what he's doing, but I want you to hear from Scott. Scott, how are you doing today, sir? Oh, I'm good. It's football Sunday, uh, so I've been watching football all day, and I've been reading my books, and it's been a great day so far. Uh, awesome. That sounds good. So, Scott, let's get right get right into it. Let's uh, tell the people a little bit about who you are and then, you know, the work you're doing right now with athletes. Yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, I originally grew up on the East Coast, so I'm an East Coast boy. I got that East Coast blood going through me. Um, you know, with the East Coast comes a certain mentality, um, you know, when you're out side shoveling the snow for, you know, 12 hours a day, you kind of get a certain type of mentality, and, uh, you know, that type of mentality is something that I've uh, been able to transfer over in many different areas of my life, you know, uh, sports was one of them, you know, business was the second, and so, you know, I found myself, uh, you know, falling in love with soccer at a very early age, so I found myself playing at the collegiate level, which was a great experience for me, it's where I really got, you know, a leadership role. As a captain for three years, and uh, you know, I've been studying the martial arts, so that was a, a great way for me to really apply, you know, the mind, body, and spirit that's encompassed in the martial arts, and apply that into a leadership role. And it was really where I started to kind of get this, like, okay, you know, I, I kind of dig this. I like this whole idea of you know being that person that people can go to, 
being the person that you can actually, you know, affect somebody's life on a much deeper level. And so from there, I, I went and got my, you know, master's in executive leadership, and, and that's where it really all kind of molded together because when you're in leadership roles and you're, you're in a personal development type program and you're, you're in the business of affecting people's lives, you have to go through it yourself first. And so this program was amazing. And I always tell people the first six months was unbelievable because it was truly six months of looking at yourself in the mirror because we just did assessment after assessment and broke down the level of ourselves just each layer at a time, peeling back the onion. And so I went through so many unbelievable changes in this program focused around leadership models and emotional intelligence, and that's when it all kind of clicked. And, you know, I was looking back on my athletic experience and my martial art experience, and I'm like, I was talking with my friends, and, you know, we were talking about, wow, you know, what, is, what can you do? What can we do to, like, really keep this focus on the athletes because they really need all this work? And so I was uh, fortunate enough to get in contact with many, many great people. And so I found my way into, you know, uh, Athletes Equal Business, which is, you know, an organization that's focused on student-athletes that have just graduated from college, they're taking off the jersey for the last time, what do I do now? And so it's a very philanthropic model. You know, we work with the athletes one-on-one, career development, resume building, and then essentially we help them find jobs. And through this, we're finding, though, that the transition, we call this T2, after they graduate, wasn't enough training for them. And so we found our way into the online education world, which we call the career game plan, which focuses on online education for when they first get into their, uh, you know, their college programs and really kind of help them figure out, why am I here? How can I survive this? This is going to be a whirlwind of four years, and at the end of it, I have my career coach, but what can I do now? to educate myself and become better as a person, not only to affect myself and my teammates, but my whole school in general, and really kind of find what I'm passionate about. So we wanted to focus on that as well. And then that led me to um, integrating some of the uh, stuff I do on the side, you know, through Positive Sports Leadership, which focuses on the leadership development for athletes, the emotional intelligence for athletes, and the coaches as well, because they all need to be integrated together. All right, I totally agree. Wow. And let me ask you this. This is and this is not in the uh the questions, but do you know Jeff Jansen? He is he does a oh, lot yeah. of leadership. Yeah, okay. So your uh leadership model kind of stands out like the work that you do, you know, how does it stand out from his? I mean I think his is pretty basic. If you're a leader, you know, you're you're either spoken or you know, you either do uh you're active, right? You don't really use words but you just kinda of get the work done. And so I think his is you know a little bit simple, but how does yours stand out? Absolutely. So I, I love Jeff Jansen. Um, he and I have had conversations uh, before when I was first kind of developing what I wanted, you know, my programs to look like. And obviously, you know, we both come from different backgrounds, um, you know, so we have different visions on it. Um, you know, for me, you know, my one model, the, the, um, the model of genuine influence, that stand out of, uh, my master's program, and it was actually one of the requirements is we had to develop a true leadership model that can, can impact someone's life. And, you know, I think um, wow. Jeff Jansen's uh, um, manual is really great. I actually read it myself. I, I think it's good. Um, the model that I use, um, the model of genuine influence, really kind of looks at it from uh, a holistic view because I agree that, you know, leadership is about action. You know, your actions are so important. 
you know, you can give speech after speech, obviously, which many captains do. I was a very vocal captain. Excuse me, I was a very vocal captain when I was in college. Um, so I come from the vocal side of things, and my co-captain was more of an action captain, and he didn't talk as much. And I think the two have to be integrated together because what I found was, because I was a captain for three years, I was given a captain's band um, when I was a sophomore, which was a huge undertaking. And what I found was the more I progressed, the more I ended up realizing that my words were affecting people just as much as my actions were. And I ended up doing so much one-on-one training as a senior with my players. They were coming to me with problems, and they were someone that they could confide in. You know, they felt like they can come to me and be secure. So it's really a combination of both. Um, You know, I think there's a time and place for everything, and, and that's one thing that leaders have to be aware of. I think true leaders have this extra awareness of what needs to be said, how it needs to be said, when it needs to be said. You know, they they have this extra sense of, you know, the atmosphere. And and as a martial artist, you know, I focus a lot on, you know, it's called chi or ki, the the energy around us. And I think uh, leaders have that uh, extra awareness and they're able to integrate it. And I think so. I think it's a combination of both. Um, So when I was developing the model of genuine influence, I really wanted to base it on the fact that in myself I saw this transition from I was a straight-up vocal leader and then I started getting older and understanding my role and then I realized that it wasn't just yell, yell, yell all the time. It was you have to be able to adapt and you have to to be flexible. So, you know, everything Mm -hmm. in my my model is, you know, it's, it's about, you know, awareness. It's about extroversion positive interaction, common values, so finding common ground, having social consciousness, relationship management, uh, integrity management, because that's something that's very important when you're looked at as a leader, and then something that I call genuine politics, which is the true sense and want to help somebody else without wanting anything in return. And so in this model, um, it all kind of integrates together, and, you know, it really all revolves around trying to get in your culture, in your organization, in your program, inspiration and influence, and being that inspiration and influence and combining it together to create, you know, that winning culture, but a culture that's a true family culture. And that's the way I kind of went through my progression as a leader, and that's kind of how I developed my model is through that. Okay, I've got a question. Um, It's kind of after all of that. If you... With this generation of athletes, particularly when we're talking about high school athletes, um, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of, um, you know, obviously you have different sports. You got, you know, the AAU, then you got the club sport. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how how is it that you can get the buy-in? Because you got to understand that, you know, we we preach team. We all say mm-hmm. team, team, team. But when you're in high school and you're on a club team. It's about who's going to get a scholarship. You know, it's about right. who's going to stand out at the particular AAU event, who's going to, you know, show that they can get, you know, the team, the AAU team, we all don't get a scholarship based off of wins and losses. You know, it's right. usually an individual performance, especially at the high school level. Um, you know, that's the first, that, that, that will be the first question in terms of how do we work with the generation that is basically growing up me and not we. You know, this is this is a me generation. So, right. how can I how can I convince a, a a parent who's invested thousands of dollars 
from the age of, you know, 6 to, to, to 17 that, you know, I'm investing this money so my child can be the star, so my child can get an offer, so my child can be looked at. But yet we come in with, okay, well, we got to be a team, and it's about us, and it's about winning, and it's about, you know, being a leader. Who appoints that mm-hmm. leader? Um, is that leader the one who, who's going to get the offer? Is, is, is my kid um, helping another kid get a scholarship? particularly if my kid and that kid plays the same position. There's so many different factors that I'm seeing with, with our youth now that I'm, I'm, I'm almost to the point where I don't see how leadership at the high school level, particularly the club level, helps the individual athlete get to where they want to go. At the professional level, I can, I can get that. Um, we're all making money. Um, you know, my contract is what it is. My position is, is, is valued at. My draft position was valued at. So it's easy to, to, to connect those dots. But when you're trying to get to that level, even trying to get to the college level, it's, it's, it's really about me, you know, and what, 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 you know, what I'm getting out of this. So how do right. you uh, uh, infuse that into the, the, the me generation? Yeah, you know, that's, that's a really – um, great question, and it's definitely something that is, you know, obviously out there and relevant. And I think, you know, when it comes to buy-in, um, you know, just from my own experience, you know, I, I can talk from, but, you know, when anytime you're trying to get buy-in, whether it's at the professional level, whether it's in a corporate organization, it really starts, you know, at the base level of the relationship. And I think today relationships are so important because, today's generation won't listen to anybody that they don't like. I mean, it's just, it, it kind of is as simple. If, if they don't like you, they're not going to yeah. listen to you. And <laughs> it's just the way it is. Yeah. And so, so it's, uh, you know, it really starts with the relationship. It starts with the relationship between the coach and the players. You know, what type of culture are they going to integrate? It's, um, it's one-on-one relationship building. It's helping people understand their roles. Um, I never thought I was going to play college um, ball, like, my going way back, like I thought my I was going to be like an Air Force pilot. Like I know that was like my goal in high school. I knew my role was just to to be a utility player. I was told by my coaches like you're going to be our utility guy. You know this is your role. Your role is to support. You know we had a couple players that were definitely going to the D1 level, and we're like you know you back them up and and then work on them one on one. And so I think it really you know it starts with the relationship between the coaches and the kids. And then the coaches need to help the kids with the relationships with each other because they have to have that common goal. Because if the common goal is to get the program to win, then everyone's going to work hard. Everyone's going to do their job. Everyone's going to be focused. And when, you're, when you have that in place and then you add in, you know, the tactical, all the strategy stuff that the coaches implement, if you've got a good coach, you know, everyone can kind of go, grow together. When you're talking to the parents, it's the same thing. I mean, I, I, most of the parents I talk to, they like me. Um, so that's a good thing, uh, you know, and they, they got to like you the same thing because they're essentially trusting you with their kid. And, uh, you know, I used to say at the karate school, um, you know, if I can get a parent to trust me with their three-year-old, you know, for 45 minutes, then, you know, I can, I can affect anybody's life. And, um, you know, so for me it comes down to relationships, um, you know, and it's, it's about honesty, I think, as well. Um, you know, you have to be honest with the people that you're working with. I think one of the problems with um, this me generation as well is uh, part of emotional intelligence. There's uh, a whole realm that's about decision-making. 
And under decision-making, there's reality testing. And in reality testing, it's essentially the ability to perceive what exactly is going on without creating a story. So here's what's actually happening. And I think the me generation kind of has a problem with that. I think it might be because of the over-communicated market that they're in. They get so many directions from so many different things that they really can't perceive exactly what's going on. And so I think from a young age, if you can get these kids to get a little bit of that self-awareness and actually see what's happening, I think that's, um, that could be a really good way to, to start the process there and, you know, help the parents through that process and, and just be honest. Good stuff. I, good stuff. I have, okay, so Andy, what, yeah, what do you have? I agree. Uh, so I, I was going to add to that. I, I agree. I definitely agree, Scott. Because when I was in high school, I had that me generation mindset. Like I was, you know, and I think speaking to some of the athletes that I met that grew up in, I guess, the rough side of parts, you coming to play ball, especially if make it, going pro is your goal, you're looking at like I ain't worried about nobody else. Like I have to eat. I have to make it. But I found out, you know, later once I was college that, you know, I came across servant leadership, and I found out that helping people actually helped me. And so, you know, when I when I understood that, that I wasn't at a loss trying to protect my own self, trying to go get it myself, that me helping other people was actually, you know, more uh, beneficial for me and them. Yeah. You know, there was a win-win. And then, you know, it made the difference, and so I don't have to be selfish. So it kind of made me more aware that, you know, that I don't have to be about me, that me helping other people you know, it's not like if I help them and they're going to take my position or they're going to get more shots than I do, and then now my goal, you know, are not going to be met. But actually, you know, when I saw the, the flip side of it, I got more out of helping other people, and in turn, I saw some results myself. So, and I'm saying that just from my experience of doing that, starting out like the me generation and then turning around and saying, you know what, man, I can serve other people, you know. So it wasn't a, a you know, you don't have to be selfish in a sense. So I, I definitely agree. and. And hope that uh, I need to be dealt with. But I, I want to ask your question, kind of jump around because you had mentioned that you know the coach should, you know, help the students develop relationships with each other. And so we, you know, me and Mark, Dr. Mark, been talking about coaches, you know, helping their kids grow um, in terms of personal player development or personal development, and so to provide personal player development, or is it the role? Or is it their role to bring someone in? You know, and we're talking about, you say, high school, college. I know high, yeah. college, you know, they may have the funds. And high school may be a little bit different. But I know that all coaches, especially on the high school level, are not, may not be as skilled to help their kids grow, you know, personally and to uh, establish relationships like that. So what's your take on that? Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of, like, I have, like, a yes and, like, it goes both ways. To me, like, I think the, the role of the coach is, is changing um, a lot right now. I think it's evolving, um, and, I, and I can talk about that a little later on, on, on what I see, you know, happening in this generation. Um, you know, I think it's worth the coach's time to do that personal player development. I think that's going to help build the relationship. Now, however, with that said, does a coach actually have the time to put the necessary, you know, effort and energy into the actual personal player development where it's at a true effective change, I'm not sure because the head coach has, you know, at the high school level, at the college level, they have so much on their plate already. You know, they're running their whole team. They're, they're working on the tactical, the technical side of things. You know, they're there to win because if they don't win, they don't have a job. At the high school level, obviously a little different. At the college level, 
you don't win, you don't have a job. So with that type of pressure on them, would they have the right amount of time and objectivity to take the time to do this? I'm not exactly sure. So the answer is kind of yes and no. The coaches do need to play some type of role in this personal player development because it will build the relationship between the player and the coach. Um, it's going to build that trust. But I think there also should be someone just personally dedicated that has that non-objective view that doesn't have to worry about winning. Their job is right. to focus on these kids, focus on the mm-hmm. players, build their character, build their, you know, a true sense of confidence, not a false ego, and those type of things that lead to good decisions. Um, I think to have someone on staff just dedicated to that would be, you know, invaluable in my eyes. I definitely agree. Now, what you know, you've been doing this for a while, working with, you know, a lot of student-athletes. What are some challenges and issues have you noticed with working with, especially with kids in this generation? Uh, what, have, what, have, what are some challenges and issues have you noticed when working with them? Definitely. So at the, at the college level, um, you know, I think one of the things for sure I can say is, you know, once um, they hit kind of their senior level and they're graduating is um, really a, a lack of kind of like self-actualization because, They've been working their entire lives for their sport. It's been the longest motivating factor in their life. And all of a sudden, that's taken away. And that, was, that is what drove their self-actualization within them, was their sport. And now that's gone all of a sudden, which is why I'm so excited to be a part of Athletical Business, because that's their whole purpose for existing, is to help with that transition, guide them through that part, you know, and help them master. And so... I think one of the things is, um, you know, that there's a kind of a, a, a lack of self-actualization when they hit, you know, that final year in college, um, you know, and, uh, you know, to help them transfer over and, and find something new to, to gear that passion and drive towards um, is really important. Um, you know, one of the things I also see, I think we've kind of mentioned a little bit, is, um, you know, the ego, you know, with the me generation, that ego you know, a lot of times these athletes think, well, the bigger my ego, the more confidence I'll have, the better results I'll get, the better I'll be. And, you know, a lot of the times that it's false. It's not true confidence. And so a lot of the times, you know, you'll run into someone who's not going to listen. It becomes a barrier for learning because of the ego. And so, again, that's how it all boils down back to the relationship because if you build that relationship and they trust you, mm-hmm. they'll listen to you right. and you can kind of break that down. But there's a lot of this, you know, that false ego going around and, you know, which becomes that barrier for learning. So to, to move past that is definitely something that, you know, uh, uh, someone who works with athletes will usually find at the level between high school and college. Right. Okay. And, and so you have, a, you know, in the business that, that you have, and especially creating an online course, uh, what some of the challenges and successes have you experienced in doing this? Have, have you noticed athletes really wanting this, or do you notice, you know, their parents want them more than they do? You know, what type of barriers have you faced? And then also some results that you got. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, obviously like any business, the first thing you need to find out is if people actually want what you're selling. Um, you know, so uh, luckily for us, it is one of the things we want. We found, um, you know, some of the challenges, um, right now is we're focusing on selling it to schools as a whole package so they can actually use it as a freshman orientation. You know, that way we can get this into more that more hands, um, more kids can get this education. The parents absolutely love it. 
um, to have their kids prepared and ready to go is, um, you know, definitely at ease, especially for uh, a lot of parents where their kids are going off to, you know, Division three schools, maybe some lighter mm-hmm. Division two schools. You know, the parents see the end game. You know, the Stephen Covey, right? Begin with the end in mm-hmm. mind. The parents, uh-huh. the parents are thinking mm-hmm. that. I, I played at a Division three school, a very good one, um, but there were kids on my team that had this vision of going pro, and I'm like, well, you're going to have to move up pretty fast like, and leave after this season if you want to do it. So, um, yeah. And so, um, you know, one of the challenges when you're, you're going to be working with schools is always budgeting and time. Um, you know, do we have the budget for it? And do we have the right time to do it and the right implementation, right. Yeah, essentially? Mm-hmm. So, so at, at the collegiate level, you know, that's always obviously something, you know, you're always trying to figure out. Athlete schedules are crazy. Athletic departments mm-hmm. in general are just, you know, packed full all the time. So being able to get integrated. What's really nice about the online modules is it's easy. You know what I mean? The integration process right. is easy. And then it's just helping them develop a strategy to find the time, whether if they want to do it, you know, during the day as a workshop or if they're going to actually make a class out of it. I'm actually working with a school um, that they have their intro level, their freshman classes, their intro classes online, and they're going to integrate it into that class, um, which is really cool oh, for good. the athletes. So the, the athletes right. will have a specific one now with that module, um, you know, adapted to college sports right in there, which is really cool. And so, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, just like just like any product you're selling, you got to make sure you're communicating it the right way. And, and essentially, what you know we communicate is you know security that your kid is going to be much more prepared than the person next to them. You know, academically, socially, athletically, right. because it hits mm-hmm. all those points. So, you know, that's definitely some of the successes we had. Is just people are very thankful for the product, mm-hmm. and and that's how I know it's a good product. Like if when people say thank you <laughs> for your product. I mean it from the bottom of their heart. Right. You know, I, think, I think you're selling something mm-hmm. really good. Awesome. Okay. Mike, Dr. Mike, you got anything? Before I transition into the no, next I'm, segment? I'm, 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 I'm listening. I'm waiting for the next segment. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so, so the next segment, and actually I know it on yours it shows Athlete in Spotlight. I just actually changed the – the next segment is called more than more than an athlete, and so this is uh, something that I changed because I wanted to, you know, to show those who are not just athletes. I mean, Mark, I think Martellius Bennett. He, I watched one of his TED talks, and so he ended up uh, creating a title called More Than an Athlete, and he talked about his experience as a NFL player, but also his other passion uh, for creativity. I mean, he's started a creativity company, you know, written a book, and he's really started seeing his daughter. And so he started looking at his life outside of being sports, but he realized that everybody sees him as an athlete, and any time he tries to do something different, then they kind of, you know, you put limitations on them. And so he saw that, broke out of it, as well as other athletes who decided to do something different. So that's why I named it this segment. And I wanted to know, who do you consider to be more than an athlete and why? Yeah, you know, I actually, um, I really like Marshawn Lynch, actually, and not just because he was, you know, a Buffalo Bills player that gave us many thousand yards, you know, rushing years. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I really like Marshawn. I, I, I've always liked his playing style because when I when I played soccer competitively, I always played with kind of a pit bull mentality. 
that like you just you you hustle, you grind, and you don't stop, and you mm-hmm. can physically right. see it. You can physically see it in his play when he had you know, when he played. If he's coming back this year, we'll see, um, <laughs> and uh, we'll see what that goes. And but you can physically see his legs will not stop moving. And obviously, like you know, for me, I take away from that as a businessman. Um, you know, it's such a great metaphor for you know, no matter how many things can weigh you down, sometimes you know, one of the great things about being an entrepreneur is the highs are highs, but the lows can be lows. And so no matter how many things try and drag you down, you got to keep driving. you got to keep those feet moving. And, and uh, there's going to be times where it feels like there's, you know, five professional NFL, you know, defensive men on you, but you just got to keep rolling with it. And so um, so I really like him. And I actually, I like his foundation a lot. He's got this uh, foundation called Fam First Family Foundation. And it's really cool. And mm. I think they started mm. it in, 2011, and he started it with uh, uh, Joshua Johnson, who was uh, QB for the 49ers, and uh, it's really cool. So they focused on, like, improving lives of um, children through, like, mentoring, uh, focusing on education, uh, literacy, and and self-esteem, which is really cool. So he does a lot of camps that focuses around this, bringing the community together. Um, I know he's doing one in uh, October, I think it's October 8th or something like that. I think it's in the Oakland area. Um, and if you just if you read articles about the things that he goes to, when people call him for events, uh, you know it's not just like a show up and leave kind of thing. Like he stays, he works there, he's always coming back, he's asking to come back. Um, so he really becomes partners with these events that he goes to. And I think it was the San Francisco mayor, um, I think, was talking about Marshawn Lynch, and he invited him to an event. Like a, I think it was like five years ago, and, and he's been coming back every year ever since. And, and so it, it's really cool. He, he really has a good kind of vision of commitment to me. It shows he's got a commitment to the community. That's important to me, obviously, with, you know, the Buffalo Soccer Council, which is a nonprofit back in New York. Um, you know, that, that weighs really close to my heart. And the third, which I, I, I like, is actually um, I think he's actually a good vision um, for rookies coming into the NFL about financial management because this is reportedly, I don't know if this is 100% true or not, but he supposedly had not spent one dime of his NFL earnings and just makes his living off of endorsements. So he's got his money in the bank and he's using it for good. He's doing these, you know, foundations. And I can't remember where I heard this, if it's 100% true or not, so don't quote me on it, but he was building houses somewhere. So, you know, he really does a lot of good stuff. And, you know, he played the game very well. obviously on the athlete side, but I think also on a, on a community side and from a financial standpoint, you know, how many times do we hear athletes going broke? You know, they're running, they're running a hundred cell phones for their friends and, you know, (laughs) no reason. (laughs) So I think, I think it's just a really good, like quick little lesson, like, Hey, you know, you can have your cake and eat it too, you know, and really enjoy yourself, but also Mm -hmm. be prepared for the future. And I found that one really cool especially myself being more of a frugal guy. So let me ask you this. And obviously I, I, I had no idea you were going to, um, you know, talk about Marshawn Lynch, but um, he, he's one of my favorites too because he's done it in a way that nobody else has done it and been successful at doing it. You know, he right. didn't get caught up in the media and he didn't, he was never what they right. wanted him to be, you know. But mm-hmm. is that a good thing for athletes coming in? knowing that endorsements and all that other stuff is, is a big part of it, especially if you're playing football. Um, is that 
is that a is that a, a road that many should take, or is that a road that's primarily designed for those like the Marshawn Lynches of the world? Yeah, you know, I think if you if you play your game right, and if you're if you're you know if you have the right kind of perception, um, you know, I think a lot of the time a lot of players might not get certain types of endorsements just because they don't want them. They might want to stay out of the limelight. It all depends if the athlete wants to be in the in the spotlight or not. Um, I, I actually I, I really enjoy the way Marshawn Lish, uh, you know, interacts with the media, kind of like you said. Um, he didn't really play into it at all. And you could say on the flip side because uh, if you remember um, when RG3 had uh, – his press conference, and he said he might be. I think I, I don't want to quote it, but he's like, I'm, "I'm one of the best quarterbacks in the league," and and then he, you know, kind of tanked off a little bit from there. Um, you know, it can go both ways in the spotlight, and and I think that's actually where emotional intelligence plays in because I think Marshawn Lynch has very good control of his emotions, and I think that's really good for um, you know, like the media, the way that works, his impulse control, the way he, you know. He's not snapping at reporters, obviously. He just kind of sits there and, and does his thing. Um, That's the way I really like it. Good stuff. Good stuff. I agree. Yeah. Good stuff. I agree. I definitely like Marshawn, too. Shout out to Marshawn Lynch. If you ever check out this podcast, you are the more than an athlete of the week. So we appreciate you. Uh, let's transition into the last segment, which is called PPD Solutions. And this is kind of one of my favorite uh, segments because – you know, we get to, people are going to be listening to this, and, and sometimes people want to walk away. I mean, they're going to get valuable information, but they want to walk away with some tips. There, there are people who want to work yeah. with athletes or who currently are working with athletes and sometimes just don't have the resources that they're looking for. They're trying to get more insight. So, you know, what are three things that people who are working with athletes or desire to, um, what should they take into consideration? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think uh, one of the first things they should be prepared for is um, you, you be ready to be a parent figure. Uh, I got a friend who, who's been an educator back in New York for 15 plus years, and every year I call him after the first month of school, and he's at the high school level, and, and we talk, and how's your classes this year? What's going on? What do you see in culturally? We kind of do like a little analysis, and. Uh, Recently, the trends have been that he's like he tells me he's like Scott. He's like every year I become more of an emotional guide for these kids. I become almost more of a parent figure to these kids. So I would say be ready to kind of be that um, parent figure. And so with that comes um, you know number two really, which is don't take things personally because of the way that the me generation that. is. Um, you know they're they're gonna. They're going to argue back with you. You know, they, they have so many avenues for information, so they think they might know it all. So um, it's going to create a lot of barriers, um, which actually leads into number three. Be patient um, because they need you to be patient. Um, these kids really do need that guidance. They need you to be there for them. And, you know, up front in the beginning, it's going to be a battle. You're going to have to peel it back one layer at a time. But, you know, when you do and you reach that court, it's really going to be worth it. So, you know, I would, I would say those three things. Be ready to be a parent figure. Don't take things personally. They're going to lash out at you. You know what? That might, that might have to be your role. 
they might need that channel to lash out. Don't take it personally and, and just be patient because it'll be worth it, um, you know, in the end when you build them to where they need to be. Wow, I love it. I love it. And I yeah, think that that yeah. is so key and vital. I mean, that you, people don't get that type of advice. You really do kind of have to be a parent figure when you're dealing with kids. I, I've worked in the mental health field with a lot of our at-risk youth and, you know, as well as a coach, and I can honestly say that's something that I've, I've had to do. I mean, and I get it. And then also, like the second one, don't take things personally. That was the first lesson when I started coaching football. My high, high school head, I mean, the head coach had told me, he was like, listen, the kids we're working, working with are, I mean, they, they come from some dire situations. He was like, you can't take it personal. Like, nothing that they say or do, yeah. you can't. Because if you get your emotions and your feelings involved into it, then, you know, next thing you know, you, you cuss them out, you're putting your hands on them. <laughs> so yeah. you really, ca- yeah. you really got to take the emotion part and look at this thing objectively. And then last one, you really do have to be patient. I mean, I, I've seen results um, years later just from being patient and, and staying with the kid and seeing the process. But that that those are some great, great uh with working with athletes. And so as we close, I, I didn't I didn't mention this in the question, but if you have it off the top of your head or I can add in the show notes, I just added this the last time. Um, what books or resources would you recommend, you know, reading or taking advantage of? I do love your, your model of influence. I mean, yeah, the model of genuine influence. If uh, I can definitely add that to the show notes and want to know more about that. But do you have any yeah. book, any resources that they can – you. Definitely. Uh, I think if um, if you're going to go the emotional intelligent route, um, I, I would highly recommend the EQ Edge. Um, it's a great book um, written by the founders of Multi Health Systems, which is what I got certified through. Um, you know that talks about uh, the the EQI 2.0, which is the the most scientifically proven way to assess emotional intelligence. Um, I am a big fan of traditional leadership books. So North House uh, has a great book um, about leadership theories. I highly recommend that because you can take those leadership theories and integrate them right into, um, you know, your programs. Um, they're they're more high level uh, leadership, but you can you can really take away some good stuff. Um, and then I would say another one is uh, if you're looking for more of a real deep and spiritual kind of one, um, the the Fifth Agreement. Is a really is a really good book, and, and essentially it's about you know how we've taken things around us and in our life, and we put them in this box of what they are, and it's kind of condensed our expansion, and so it's it's more of like a in depth you know personal development one, but the the things you can take away from it really can help you think outside the box and really learn and understand in situations that what's going on. And, uh, you know, the, the new, he used to have uh, the four agreements, now he's got five, so we made the next book called The Fifth Agreement, and uh, it's my favorite one. The Fifth Agreement is Don't Make Assumptions. And so I can read that chapter over and over again, <laughs> times in the day, do we make assumptions so and create, create these stories about, you know, something that hasn't even happened yet, you know, and uh, so that, that's just a really cool book and, and can give you a really cool new way of just looking at situations and things. Wow, awesome. Thank you for that. Dr. Mark, you got anything before we close out? No, no. I'm I've I've enjoyed I've enjoyed it all. I'll look into some of those some of those books and I'll you know, make sure we obviously get this up on the on the magazine as soon as it comes off the press for those that don't that you know, that need to know. 
Um, we're at IPPDWorld.com, and you can catch us on all the, the social media. Sweeney's going to go into that. But I, I want to thank you for, you know, taking your time and being a guest on the show. It, it, it's been a lot of great information. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Yes, sir. Thank you again, Scott. It was a pleasure. And, guys, there you have it. Again, I just want to reiterate those three things you need to take into consideration because they were so key. Be ready to be a parent. Don't take things personal. And uh, be patient. So with that, we conclude our Episode 7 of the Personal Prayer Development Podcast. Before we get out of here, it is 9-11, and I meant to do this in the beginning, but I'm going to take the time to do it right now. just want to honor those who have lost their lives and those uh, families that were impacted, as, you know, as the whole country was. So I just want to honor you guys and, and keep you in our prayers and remembrance on, on this day. Uh, with that being said, uh, again, guys, reach out to us. We are on Twitter at Dr. Mark PPD and uh, Brandon L. Sweeney. And you can also check out our website, ppdlife.com, brandonlsweeney.com. And then also, if you're looking to be trained in the personal player development specialist, we do have an institute that Dr. Mark, as well as other expert uh, faculty, have joined him in creating a, a standout program that trains people to work with student-athletes. You can visit that on it's, Dr. Mark, what is it again? Life? I'm sorry. IPPDworld.com. IPPD Sorry about that. There we go. There we go. Yep, IPPD. There you go. So, guys, you know, check that out. If you got any questions, reach out to us. And, Scott, before we get out of here, let the people know how they can get in touch with you through social media, website, email. You know, they may want to connect, ask more questions. And so just leave some your contact information with them. Yeah, absolutely. If they go to uh, positivesportsleadership.com, there's a, there's a contact button right on there, and that'll, that'll go directly into my email. They can send me a message. Um, I read all my emails. I apply to them all. You'll get a phone call from me. Um, and uh, that can, through that avenue, we can talk about any of the things, whether it's uh, athletes equal business in the recruiting side or the career game plan, the online modules, or if you're interested in uh, the workshops I offer through Positive Sports Leadership, you can connect right through there. So just positivesportsleadership.com. Awesome. There you go. Well, guys, we enjoyed you. Hope you enjoyed this. Please like and share it. Get it out there so we can raise the awareness and also subscribe to it on SoundCloud and Stitcher so you can get it up uh, right to you immediately once we upload the podcast. But until next time, peace.